Running is bad for you. Unless it's not bad for you. It's Rhyme and Reason 479. There's a Hey there, Tony here, your fitness coach for the day. Well, maybe not, but I am talking about running. And you may think, hmm, what's that got to do with rhyme and reason? Uh, nothing, okay? Well, no, it does. I'll tie it together, I promise. I was just reading a couple of articles earlier um, from a couple of different sources on why running is bad for you. And mostly it's because of things like... um, an improved cardiovascular system, stronger heart, greater blood volume, and improved resistance to infection. Uh, wait a minute. I think I got that wrong. Oh, okay, now I've got it. Here's why running is bad for you. Uh, it causes joint problems, muscle imbalance, leads to excessive behavior, and it's boring. So, bottom line, um... It doesn't look like there's a clear bottom line, does it? Who cares, Tony? I'm not a runner anyway. Well, I'm not a runner either anymore. But way back in the early 80s, in the 20th century, a whole other century ago, I was a runner. In fact, I remember training daily to run the famous Peachtree Road Race. It's a 10K run in Atlanta, Georgia. I believe they still do it. I'm sure they probably still do. It's a yearly thing. And at the time, I was living in the greater Atlanta area, and I was a full-time professional musician there in that area. And my fellow bandmates were not the kind of guys that would, you know, typically get up early and want to go running. But I decided I wanted to be different. I didn't want to do that whole sleep-in, all-day thing and get up and, you know, have something to eat and go play music. That just wasn't me. So I was actually getting up early to go run. And I don't know if you know how getting up early for musicians, it's it's a big deal because we played late. But that's what I did anyway. And I ran every day so I could increase my distance and stamina. I remember the Atlanta area, I lived on the west side close to Stone Mountain. For those of you who might know where that area is, actually I lived within walking distance of Stone Mountain. As a matter of fact, I walked over to Stone Mountain and walked up Stone Mountain. There's a side where you can go, there's, they have a gondola on one side where you can take a ride up and look at the big giant carving in the stone wall. You can see Stonewall Jackson. Ooh, I know that's a subject that we should avoid at all costs right now. But anyway, you can see this giant sculpt, not sculpture, but uh, carving in the stone of Stonewall Jackson and some others. Anyway, you can ride the gondola up and see it. Or there's another side where you can come up hiking it. And I did that too. And then hiked back home. So that's how close I was. Boy, was that a rabbit trail. Anyway, I got into um, running uh, more and more distance so I can increase my stamina because a 10K is uh, about 6.5 miles that you run, which is not a marathon, but, you know, it's no small thing when you haven't been a runner your whole life. I was off and on 
a runner, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't like I was ever training to be some kind of a specialist at it. I just wanted to do it. And I remember how cool it was when I finally reached that, what they call the runner's high. You know, you've heard people talk about that. The first time that happened, I think I was about a month away from that upcoming Peachtree Road Race. And I was booked uh, with three other guys in the band. We were booked for a month in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And uh, strangely enough, I was the drummer of that band at the time. Anyway, uh, one of those warm days down there in Hilton Head. I got my running shoes and shirt and shorts on, and I took off into the coastal countryside. It's kind of pretty down there. And I never forget how I you know, got to my usual five-mile point, but suddenly I noticed that my breathing got a lot easier. So I kept going. Anyway, I think your breathing got easier after you've run five miles. And it did. It's that runner's high as they talk about. So I just kept going. And it just, I don't know, got to that point where I felt like I could just keep on running until I ran out of, you know, fuel to go. I just kept running. I just wouldn't get tired. But I did have to get back to the room because, you know, we had to play that night. So, of course, I ran all the way back and it felt great. It was really, really cool. And from that point on, I knew that I would have no problem with that 10K road race. Even though there are hills, uh, the Atlanta area is actually pretty hilly. It's not mountainous like here in Colorado, not by a long shot, but it is very hilly. And, um, you know, so there's part of the challenge. And it's in the summertime. Atlanta is a lot more humid than here in the Rocky Mountain region, too. And, you know, people will tell you to get used to that. I never did. And I lived in the South a lot, and I never got used to all the humidity. But anyway, um, knowing that I could do it, you know, once I got to that point, like I said, about a month away from the Peachtree Road Race, I knew I could do it. I knew I would be able to, to run the race all the way. Knowing I could do that, that helped me really keep my eyes on the prize. I didn't have any doubts and I could say for sure that all the running that I did was good for me in a lot of different ways because of all that. But over 30 years have passed since then, and I don't run anymore, but I do walk. And my beautiful wife goes with me, and we get lots of miles in as regularly as we can. And walking is much healthier when your joints and muscles have endured multiple decades of use. And uh, that's where I am, you know. I'm, I'm not, well, obviously not as young as I was back then at the Peachtree Road Race time of life. But anyway, um, you know, you can walk, and I think it's one of the best things you can do for yourself. But, you know, your, your results might vary. But I do have one final note. Just because I stopped my physical running all those years ago, it doesn't mean I don't run. I do, but not with a 10K goal in mind. I'm talking about an infinite goal, and I'm not looking to win a T-shirt or a ribbon. I'm looking for that imperishable crown. Paul writes about that in the New Testament, and that kind of running is essential. It's full of providential potential.
You'll reach a runner's high, and it will multiply in a way that's never-ending exponential. Think about that. You have your 10K, and it could be, you know, an actual physical 10K, or it's a metaphor for life. You've got your long-distance run, and I hope you run your race with your eyes on the prize of heaven, brought to you by the one who died to make sure that it was available to you. And uh, that does it for this episode of Rhyme and Reason, brought to you by TonyFunderburg.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And like I said, hopefully soon you won't hear me sounding like this. Uh, anyway, thanks so much. And until uh, next time, remember, life has rhyme and reason because God made you. There's a-